1: Yeah! Just because Ask Slee is in the rearview mirror temporarily, Slee, does not mean that we don't have a little bonus action on the other side. Do, would you like a hygiene-based question or a food-based question? Which is your preference?
2: Let's go uh, Let's
1: go food. Okay, so the food one is over here, and it says, is from Shane, what's the right way to cut a sandwich, down the middle or diagonally?
2: Um, lazy is down the middle. Lazy? Just let's not let's not move, let's just get it done. Okay. When you feel like you're um a little extra juice here, you go <laughs> diagonal and you feel like, oh wow, this is like a real deli sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean. But but you feel it, I like mean, you're we're a talking more about creative. just moving
1: the knife to a 45 degree angle. It's nope, not we're not really having to you do. You got to move your
2: life. entire body. Everything shifts, your stance, your left foot. We talked okay. about goofy foot <laughs> your and goofy and foot else sandwich cutter. Your left foot's got to <laughs> shift. It's almost like you're sliding your feet on defense. Got to bend your knees a little bit. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about.
1: I I do, but you have to cut it diagonally because then you have the little point where you can start eating the sandwich. That's how you get into the beginning. The the first bite of the sandwich is very key because you want to leave that next bite of the sandwich if you get enough of the crust off or you get the corner of the roll bitten off. Now you're into the meat of the sandwich where all the good stuff lives right there in the middle. That first bite is integral, whereas if you cut it down just straight up in the middle, you don't have a nice sharp corner to jump in
2: on. Makes me actually want to eat the sandwich differently. Like I almost want to do the other. I want to do the other point of the. I don't want to do <laughs> either point. I want to do the triangle, the, the top corner. of the.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like if we're talking about an isosceles triangle, you're going for the top point. It's like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> exactly. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's <laughs> try one more quick phone call here. Inglewood uh, and Keith. Keith, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Keith?
3: Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? How y'all doing today?
2: Good man, right. thanks for calling in,
3: bro. Let me start. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a Clipper fan, so go ahead and keep keep up the the booze. The, the booze. Go ahead. And no, do it's it.
2: okay. Anyway, it's okay. They're they're um, they're three and zero against the Lakers this year.
3: Yeah, but you know what? I, I feel sorry for you guys, the Lakers fans. I feel sorry for the Lakers fans, man. You know, it's it's a shame that to watch that game last night and watch a team actually give up. You know, the lake the Clipper fans. We may not have much, but what we have is we have a team that tries, and dece- the that was pathetic yesterday. I, I really do. I, my heart goes and the sympathies go out to, to you guys because that's just unacceptable. And to answer your question about what to do about it, you really can't do anything. You really got to let this play out. You got to give it a couple years. Honestly, I wouldn't do a damn thing until after, you know, 2023 because – I think what you've been doing all of this time is you've been selling your future, you know, and I understand you're about winning it right away, but you can't, you you can't mortgage everything. You mortgaged everything for the for these, this last two years, you know, with Westbrook and, and, and AD and you've got your championship and that's great, but at what cost now? Because now you're screwed for the next, I don't know, five years, maybe. Hopefully you can get LeBron James jr. Maybe. I don't know. Keith, you know, appreciate
2: I, th- 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 appreciate you calling. in. You, you left a lot there. First of all, Trev, now we're having a Clipper fan call to console us. That was insincere. That part and, of the call was insincere. That he was and, enjoying every minute of that. And basically, go out of his way, as in, I feel bad <laughs> for you guys and your position. Here, here's just from the product on the floor. What he was saying, what what he was talking about. I don't disagree with what he said about yeah. The Clippers do play as a team. They, they are do. trying. Now, have they accomplished anything? They haven't, but you just kind of isolate this to just where they're sitting today. Eventually, they're going to get Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell back. They, they, it looks like their run over the next three, four years, they, they should be making some kind of noise in the Western Conference. We'll see what happens. You never know. I, I think the other point that he's saying about you should just come back with the same team run this thing again through 2023 or whatever he's saying. I don't know if he's saying that because he wants the Lakers to continue to lose, but that <laughs> would be you, my only reason why he's I saying think it.
1: Just, that's exactly why. If I were a Clipper fan, I'd want him to run it back too, because they're running it to the tune of a ninth or a 10th place team. Um, I, He's right about what he, the, the Clippers are not good, but they are a team. Mm-hmm. They do play hard. They do have an identity. They do have – Um, a coach that's able to get a performance out of them on on a regular basis. So I'll give the credit to the Clippers for all of those things because they've been playing without their two best players for basically most of the season, and they're still in the mix. So congratulations to them. Um, The other thing that he said that I think is spot on. Can I just say one thing real quick
2: on the Clippers' front? Let's say the Clippers stay in that eighth spot. Let's say eventually Paul George comes back, um, and then they have the Warriors in the first round. They can make it a series, you know, and, and I I think there is something about the Clippers. I, I'm not saying you're going to expect them to upset the Warriors or upset the Suns. Clippers have a good team; they're just not available, right? Like those players aren't just the, with the yes. Lakers. You can make the argument with the Lakers: well, Anthony Davis is not there. When AD was there, they're around a 500 team. When yep. AD is not there, they're around you know a couple Worse games below that. 500 or whatever the case is. The, cl- the difference with the Clippers is if I told you Norman Powell and, and Paul George are going to come back with the roster that they already have, they're not going to lose – they're not going to get swept by the Warriors. That's not going to happen. They're going to put up a fight.
1: Well, they put up a fight every
2: night they play, which is exactly what the Lakers didn't do last night. I, I
1: think this is this is why Laker fans were booing last night. This is why the tone on the, the phone calls is what it is. There's something very obvious that changed last night. That that was a. This is not a. We'll wait till this guy gets back, or wait till we get there. That was a team that did not compete. They didn't compete. Yeah. For, really, from the opening tip, this was a. This is a weird vibe. They were turning the ball over as fast as they would get it, and they weren't just. I mean, they were they were missing layups. They're throwing the ball into the fifth row. I know we, everybody's seen the DeAndre Jordan one that he puts halfway up the lower pole. I it caught was, it. 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 I caught it.
2: it. Was, <laughs> he threw it to me.
1: It was a terrible look. I mean, yeah. everything about that last night was bad. And and it wasn't just they missed shots. It wasn't just that they turned it over. They looked completely and totally disinterested against a bad basketball team. If that were, I don't know, if that were the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Remember when they played Milwaukee the night and LeBron said we're not on their level? Okay, yep. you're, you're not, obviously. But that team, that team could win a championship. They suck. Right, right. Right. New Orleans was 12 games under 500 coming into this. New Orleans is one of only 6 teams that's actually below you in the Western Conference standings and they run you over like that. That's a bad This is
2: what it's now. come to, buddy. We got it's Clipper fans feeling. consoling us, putting about- their arm around our shoulder and saying, "Hey, things are going to be okay."
1: How about some good news? You ready for some good news? Yeah, what do you got?
2: Officially,
1: Sean McVay is not going to go to TV. He said that, you know, I'm, I'm out. Uh, I'm, I'm committed to coaching the Rams moving forward, and everybody's talking about a contract extension for him, which is certainly well-deserved at this point. But – From the moment that that story pre Super Bowl dropped, hey, I'm getting married. I'm thinking about having a family. I'd like to spend. I was always at the camp of stop. He's negotiating. He's getting. He's going to make sure he gets his money. And he's he's not going anywhere. He's Sean McVay. He's a guy that's a football coach first and foremost. He will not get the juice that he needs being in the. But does
2: he need to bluff that? Like why? I mean, I I don't even feel like that's. Is it necessary for him to bluff that?
1: I don't know if it's necessary but I get why he was doing it. People gobble this stuff up. And it, and it mm-hmm. does put pressure on other people. And here's here's why I don't think it was total nonsense. Amazon offered him 100 million reportedly. <laughs> That, I don't care how much juice you're getting from coaching football, or how and good you three think
2: you can... years of not paying for an Amazon account. <laughs> hey, free three Prime? years,
1: he can watch free movies and stream Mad Men if he wants to do it for for nothing. Amazon but... Prime. I mean, this is <laughs> it's a game changer. The second somebody comes in and says, "How does twenty million a year sound?" Now you have my attention. Even if I wasn't thinking about what it is you're offering, yeah. I don't. Yeah. But now I have to stop and say, "Wait." I could go do this for five years. I could take their $100 million. I would be 41 when it's all over, and I can take the pick of any team that I want. That, that's a real consideration. So that's why I do think there was probably something out there that was real. Now that he said no to it must mean that he thinks this team is going to be very good, at least in the short term, because the only reason not to leave is because you're going to get nearly that amount of money from the Rams. I don't know if he'll get to 20, but he'll get something. And you also know, you know what? Things break our way again. We could go win another championship in the next year, two, three, four, whatever it is. Otherwise, you're taking the hundred million.
2: Yeah, I, I think the you know, we've talked about this. We spent some time on it um, right after they won the Super Bowl. What's your squad look like for the next few years? Do you got a chance to make a run? Are a lot of these players coming back? Are you built to win right now? Is your general manager having a shirt during the Super Bowl that says F them picks? And, and you know, this is this is kind of where the Rams are. They know they got the one. They've been to two Super Bowls in the last four years, but they're built to make another run. If if I told you next season um, the Rams are back in the NFC Championship game, there's nobody that's surprised. And that's all you could do, Trav. That's all you you can. You just need to be in the mix. There's no guarantees you're going to win it all. And I think that's that right. probably right. has a lot to do with McVeigh saying, "Let me squeeze as much out of this as I possibly can." Amazon and NBC and ESPN and Fox, all those networks will be there if I ever want to stop coaching.
1: No no question about it, but I think what you're saying there is so important because we can look at, well, Stafford's back and and Cooper Cup's back and Aaron Don's back and we think they're going to be pretty good. Fact of the matter is nobody knows the likelihood of that team being better or not than they were a year ago than Sean McVay. Sean McVay knows how much juice is left in that lemon, right? Mm -hmm. He, he, he knows it better than anyone else. And if he's saying I'm going to put a hundred million on the back burner, because I agree with you out that he could probably decide to go do TV at any point in his life. And it's going to be available to him. I don't know if Amazon's $100 million is available at any point. That, that may be because they're getting the Thursday night package. It's coming right now. They want to start with a big splash. They're adding Al Michaels. All, all of these pieces to the puzzle may lead to a maybe not a one of one, but one of maybe not a bunch. So and By the way, if the Rams aren't very good five years from now or they struggle, maybe the shine is off that, that, that opportunity a little bit. I don't care what it is. You leave $100 million there. I mean, that's that's a tough walk you know, away.
2: The, the, the best equivalent I could put to this, think of a player in any sport, doesn't matter. Think of a player in baseball or the NFL or the NBA, and he's in his absolute prime or he's walking into his prime. He's not even in his prime yet. Let's say he's 25, 26 years old, Yep. and he's one of the best players in the NBA, and he's got this huge contract offer for, for him to go be an analyst and be on TV, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to make the comp here. Doesn't he want to play the game? Yeah. Like it's still in him, and yeah. I, and I think that's the part about McVay that even if you're throwing X amount of dollars, the di- there's a huge. I want to while. coach. I there's want to be difference. a part of this team. I want to try to win another Super Bowl. I think that's tough to get him out of the, get it. Get him it out is, of that spot.
1: But the biggest difference is, as an athlete, I can only do this till I'm about thirty or thirty-five, and then mm-hmm. I'm done. Sean McVay can do this job for another thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like there's no ticking clock that if a player to walk away. It's like, okay, I'm giving away the only time I can do this. Sean McVay could go do TV five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, and probably still be in pretty high regard. All right, let's try a quick phone call here. Rancho Cucamonga and Jesse. Jesse, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Jess?
4: Hey, what's up, guys? So real with the staff Always got to come at an angle like I'm doing right now at work. Just corner, corner. Yes. Quick cut and you're good to go.
2: Do you What's move your body around like we were talking about earlier? Like your stance is different oh, yeah, course, than if you were course, cutting exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. Got it.
1: What's in the got sandwich, it. Jesse? Come on, don't leave me hanging.
4: Uh, I'm making, all right, so I got a brioche bun. It's a tri-tip sandwich with yeah. a Cajun mayo, mixed greens, tri-tip, pepper jack, pico de gallo, and barbecue sauce.
1: What, do you work in a restaurant? You raided the kitchen? Like that's pretty elaborate. <laughs> He's got four and a half stars <laughs> on Yelp. Jesse? I guess so. I actually
4: work at a rehab center, so I got to take care of my clients. You know what I'm saying? There you go. There you go. That's well, awesome.
1: that sounds like an amazing, amazing sandwich. Thanks for the call, Jess. All right. So <laughs> today is supposed supposedly be the day they baseball and uh, owners need to make a deal, or they're going to miss games. Keith Law is going to join us next, and we'll figure out whether or not that deadline is real, and whether or not we might actually miss a little baseball. It's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN.
5: Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: All right, so today is reportedly the deadline for Major League Baseball teams and the Major League Baseball Players Association to come to an agreement so they can start opening day on time uh reportedly they are very far apart and that seems increasingly unlikely as the day moves forward joining us right now to talk about this is keith law covers major league baseball for the athletic keith how you feeling today thanks for coming on
4: i'm getting over a cold i assume that's not actually what you were asking
1: (laughs) well i'm glad that you're on the back side of your cold and you're feeling a little better that does that uh that makes me feel good about where we are um so any chance at all that we get an agreement by the end of the day today and the season starts on time?
4: Uh, I mean, uh, to be com- just completely candid, right? I'm not there. I'm not directly covering this. I'm following what like, my colleagues, Evan Drellich and Ken Rosenthal, and others have been writing. Uh, it doesn't sound like it. I, I have no particular reason to be optimistic. I will also point out this so-called deadline was set by Major League Baseball, right? They right. have been – they claimed they had to. They must cancel spring training games. No, they didn't. They absolutely didn't have to do that. This is a lot of this is posturing and uh, you know careful messaging from Major League Baseball to make it sound like they're not actually the bad guys here.
2: It feels like Keith, and, and you know I'm going to go back to when COVID first started and the negotiations going on and everybody pointing the fingers and everybody talking about how baseball had an opportunity to really be the first sport to restart again and the opportunity to um, kind of galvanize uh, sports fans at a time where they, they, it seemed like sports would be a great distraction during that time. Does does Major League Baseball, and and this is just my my view on it, do they not read the room? Do they not care about what the sense is from a fan perspective or where we are um, uh, in, in, you could say, the state of the country or the state of the world or anything along those lines? Is that just not a priority? And and on top of that, is there not enough – um, is there not enough noise from fans to where they have the ability to say, well, we're not really paying attention to them right now?
4: Uh, so there's two questions there. I, I will say it does not matter how much fan noise fans make. they don't. That's not going to make any difference. Somebody tried to get me to sign and distribute a petition from fans demanding that the two sides come to an agreement. They don't care. Those, those things don't work. They feel really good on social media, right? They don't actually work. But the only thing that's going to move either side here, but particularly Major League Baseball, is money. If they are faced with the loss of enough revenue, which that so that say their broadcast partners or some of their major corporate sponsors put pressure on Major League Baseball to come to an agreement. Um, and I say Major League Baseball because they're barely moving in their proposals, whereas the players' union has already moved quite a bit. I would actually argue probably more than they should have. But the onus right now is on Major League Baseball to come more towards the center, towards a possible compromise. And they're just not going to do so until they're forced to, from a financial perspective. As for them, whether they read the room, you know, we talk about Major League Baseball as if it's a single entity, and it is in some level, right? Rob Manfred is basically the CEO of Major League Baseball. But we have 30 owners who don't all view this exactly the same way. I think one of the big problems we're having now is that for several years, We've had real labor hawks, the real anti-union types. Uh, Dick Monfort of the Rockies, Ken Kendrick, and and his wife Randy of the Diamondbacks were major dark money donors to conservative causes. These are the folks who are pushing the negotiating strategy, and they are the ones who believe in weakening or breaking the union. And I think we we saw signs of that at the start of COVID. They, instead of saying, hey, here's an opportunity to do something good for the sport and also good for the country, but mostly good for the sport – Instead, they said, hey, here's an opportunity to try to crush the union early and make it clear that when we have real TBA talks in two years, we're going to be hardliners.
1: Keith Law joining us from The Athletic. Keith, you know, for those of us that are old enough to remember, these sorts of standoffs in the 70s, 80s, and 90s were pretty routine. It seems like we went through this every handful of years. And then, of course, we know what happened in the summer of 94. And really, since then, the labor piece has been kept pretty much pretty well by both sides is wh- why is this one so different is it because of those hawks that you're talking about the people just said okay now we're going to dig in and try to break these guys all over again because they never had success trying to do it before
4: no and i think two things are at play one is that in the 2016 cba negotiations the owners probably had their biggest success in rolling back benefits that the players had accumulated over the years um, and the players came in with a bad negotiating strategy. At that point, they came in focused more on smaller games, the quality of living um, adjustments, you know, how much they were getting in per diems, or uh, rules about days off and transportation issues, which are still important, but they're they're the small details, right? They're not the big picture stuff, which is where the union seems to be focusing more this time around. Also, owners have really loved the fact that. Um, They've created this financial system, uh, honestly, over 40 or 50 years now, where you can be pretty competitive or even a contender without spending a lot of money on your – without spending the maximum amount of money on your payroll because – The system so badly underpays players who haven't gotten to free agency yet, and especially players who are in their first three years in the big leagues. And they're really loath to give that up. And that's what the union's been trying to push for, higher minimum salaries, get players into arbitration sooner, maybe get players into free agency sooner. All of those things would increase owners' costs most directly and would most address the financial inequities within the system where some of the best players and most valuable players in baseball are wildly underpaid. And, of course, the owners – They don't want to give that up. They've got a pretty good thing going here where they can build successful teams with with a lot of young players who make the minimum salary. And It seems like almost everything that's going on here revolves around that particular issue, the owner's extreme reluctance to give that up.
2: Keith Law from The Athletic taking some time to join the Travis and uh, Slewa show. Um, Keith, final one from me. How many games do you think we play this season, regular season games, does Major League Baseball get in?
4: You know, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I would have still said we get a full season somehow. And remember, if they don't play a full season, they have to negotiate that now. Major League Baseball cannot unilaterally cancel games, or well, they can cancel games, but they still have to pay players for 162 games unless that's also negotiated. So once we start canceling games, we're kind of in a downward spiral there, where they may not play a full season, but then they have to you add another variable into these negotiations, which is the last thing. Anybody needs right now to make this a more complicated negotiation. My a mildly pessimistic guess is that we lose two to three weeks that owners would say, well, April games don't do great for attendance anyway, so we're willing to punt some of those. But that by May 1st, the revenue starts to take a larger hit, and at that um, at that point, the owners have a greater incentive to try to get games on the table. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope we get something close to opening day, but the, the owner's tone and their failure to move at at all on major issues like minimum salary and like the competitive balance tax threshold has made me a lot more pessimistic in the last two weeks.
1: Keith Law covers Major League Baseball for The Athletic. Keith, appreciate you jumping on with us. Thanks a bunch.
4: Yep, my pleasure. Thanks, Keith.
1: Good luck with the cold, Keith. Hopefully he comes out on the right side, Slee, and feeling a little better. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance Pet Protection. Comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. I think if I'm listening to Keith correctly, Al, he kind of has the same state of mind that I do, which is, yeah, maybe we'll miss a little something. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a late start. But any sort of doomsday scenario just feels like it's not going to happen because – The owners want their money, too. Everybody loses. Everybody everybody wants their money. Everybody loses. So let's get this done. Everybody move a little bit, and let's keep it moving. Because we we ultimately know that's where it's going to be. The union's not going to break. They never do.
2: It's a song and dance, right, for for at least this period of time. But, Trav, you know what throws me off in having a conversation yesterday about this? It's just the – the lack of awareness, right? Like the lack of the well, we don't really care what the room is saying. Yeah. But maybe there's also not enough stirring up from a fan perspective where they really feel it. like they I, really... I,
1: I, because fans do care and they do get they do make some noise. I, I really think, and this is me just in my normal default setting, like they don't give a bleep. Mm-hmm. They they don't the, the the guys that own these teams these 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 whether they're corporations or whether they're private equity guys or whatever it is, they don't care about you. They don't care about me. They care about squeezing that dollar. Come pay for parking. Right. Come pay at the concessions. Come pay for the tickets. I guarantee you that of the 30 Major League Baseball teams, there Mm -hmm. aren't five ownership groups that are guys. This is really bad for the fans. It just doesn't exist. They just deeply don't care. They know they have a product that we love. They know they have a product that the second they start to put it out in the marketplace again, we're going to gobble it up because we always have, and they know that there's no substitute for it. They've got the entire summer to themselves. They know that they can go do They They just simply don't care how it goes. All right, Factor Cap coming up next. Do you read the terms of service? Always, anybody? the whole thing. 58 pages, <laughs> <up> 65 <laughs> pages,
2: doesn't matter how many pages. Where's
1: the box I click, and how do I go to next? That's coming up, Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
0: Hey, Trav, did you learn any uh, new slang this Friday from uh, your kiddos <laughs> at the house with the teeter-tots?
1: I I learned that 16-year-olds really like the F word. I learned that. that. That that came up a lot. It was mostly because our internet was so terrible that they were frustrated with it, but uh, they're very comfortable using that word among Why the Why'd you
2: bleach your hair and have baggy <laughs> pants on? I don't know if that's like... I think that was in, in 1996. I was going to say, what is that? Backstreet Boys are yeah. no longer popular. Actually, they're coming back,
0: <laughs> you know? you know, Everything that was in the 90s is coming back now for Gen Z, apparently. So uh, be ready. Um, so up first, uh, Peacock put the entire recipe for Kevin's Chili in their Terms of Service. So if you go to the Terms <laughs> of Service on Peacock, you get a recipe for Kevin's Chili. So you read the Terms of Service. Alan, is his factor cap?
2: I could... Trav, I know you've probably done this before. You ever refinance a house or something along those lines, right? Yes. You purchase a car, you know, things that are not your regular terms and conditions because Spectrum came out and you have internet and you had to just sign at the bottom, <laughs> like real terms and conditions, right. right? Right. Bro, they could put whatever they want in those terms and conditions. I could be refinancing a house and there are terms in there that say, we actually, you are signing over this house to us. <laughs> yeah, and I would sign it, it, initial it, next page. Sign it, initial it, next page. I don't look at any of that stuff. I don't know how anybody expects people to look at any of that stuff. Well, and even if you read it, and by the way, it's capped for me too. Even if you read it, like I, I'm not going to
1: say I read the terms and conditions every time. But occasionally, like to your point, where it's you're refinancing a house, you're purchasing a car, or you're filling out, uh, you know, legal documents. You read a car,
2: I, there's 30 have, pages. Have
1: you ever read any of those paragraphs? They don't make yep. any sense. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in every Claire's room Clear as day in, to me. But I, I know how to read. I have a decent enough vocabulary. I understand. I can comprehend a written sentence. I've read these things, and they don't make any sense at all. I just get yeah, here. Where's the little box? Let make, make the accept thing go blue so I can click it and move to the next thing. You can have whatever you I assume they have whatever they want anyway. They know everything they need to know about me. The second that big brother wants to come and take my stuff, they're going to be able to do it anyway. So I'm just going to make sure that my terms and conditions are, are clicked blue. For the time I got being. good news.
2: I just searched terms and conditions on uh, on Google. You can actually create terms and con- There's a sample terms and conditions template if you ever need it for anything. Just <laughs> a heads up. Terms and conditions to being each other's co-host. You, you must do this every single day or
1: I Check, get to uh, a free coffee or something. <laughs> there you
0: go. Yeah, and uh, at least now you know you can go to the Peacock Terms and Service and get uh, Kevin's chili recipe. And it's probably yeah, Kev- good. I haven't even looked yet.
2: That's creative. Yeah, I don't know. Kevin, <laughs> I like Ke-
1: Kevin's, Kevin's reputation precedes him. I don't know yeah. if I need anything from Kevin Malone.
0: All right, so uh, up next, uh, yesterday I had a finale of two shows that I cared about. And both made me incredibly angry. So you have the right to be mad at a season finale of a TV show if you care that much about it. Travis, this is his factor cap.
1: I, I, it's cap for me. I I've, I have TV shows that I've liked that have had bad endings, and it didn't affect me one single bit. It's a TV show. Doesn't it's a no, TV- it's not, Travis. <laughs> yeah, no, it it's is. real. Uh, like for instance, when Seinfeld went off the air, a huge Seinfeld fan, still watch it regularly. Terrible finale. Terrible. But it was like, I oh, that wasn't very good. All right, where are we going? What are we doing tomorrow? Like, I just simply am not invested enough in this. When, it, when, it, when it's good, I really like it. Like when you get the finale right, that's certainly me- – Cheers, for instance, has a great finale, and it's great. But it was like, oh, that was a really good finale. Okay, what's next? It just doesn't hit me in a meaningful way. Out.
2: So this one, I, I think I lean more towards fact. Look, is the world going to end? No, it's not going to end. But I'm kind of with you, Emily. You know, when, you, when you're that invested in a show – If you were uh, Breaking Bad or you were, you know, think of all these great, great great shows. Some of them end in a way where you walk away and you want to go tell 30 people how great it was. And then when they end bad, all you want to do is complain as if it was your squad playing the Pelicans and you're down 30 in the third quarter. Okay. So it, it's it's kinda like a similar thing. You're so invested into it. You became a fan of that show. You know the characters. I the put world's in 10 not gonna hours end, to watch
0: this show. I put in ten hours, one hour every Sunday to watch the show. It needs to pay off.
2: And I get what Traff's yeah. saying is the world's not gonna end. This is just a show but I genuinely feel like I took money from my bank account. I put it into theirs. Like, I, I'm a investor into their show. And if I came out losing, if I felt like I'm losing, I'm definitely complaining to others.
0: There's too many loose ends. I'm just so bad. Anyway, I have to wait another year for the show to come out. It's not over, but it's fine. It's whatever. You'll be fine. I promise. I don't know, Travis. Uh, so, uh, up next, uh, I... Went on a date yesterday. Again, I know I'm, I'm going on dates all over the place, but uh, he doesn't live very close. He lives uh, in in uh, Oceanside. So, oh, yikes! Yeah, long distance is a deal breaker.
2: You guys should uh, meet in uh, Old Town, San Diego.
0: Yep, <laughs> Alan is a <laughs> special So, I
1: you live to Oceanside, halfway is long. We Beach, went to Huntington Beach.
0: You we went to Huntington okay, Beach. Okay, that's yeah. all right. All right.
2: Um, long distance is uh, is a deal breaker you said was that the question? Yes I'll go cap I-, I think it just depends on listen if you if you meet somebody and you're clicking and all things are good um, I think you find a way to make it work and ultimately of course you're gonna have to be in the same uh, in the same city or something but if you're just dating again to know each other, I don't think that should be the. You know, you could spend time with somebody that you don't want to spend time with and they're close to you, or you could spend time with somebody and be in touch with them that they're further away, but you enjoy that time. I'll take enjoy that time over, no, there's a distance here, so I'm not going to spend that much time with that person.
1: I I think it depends on which part of the relationship you're in. The very beginning, if you're separated by a couple hundred miles, that's a challenge. Right, the, the, because you, if you Take can't. Take the train down to San Diego, yeah, little Amtrak look, action. I don't know about you guys. There are certain parts of a relationship that you need to be in close proximity to each other to enjoy. So yeah, what are you talking about, of, Travis? Yeah, if that part of it is just constantly a, a hurdle, that makes a little, Now, if you have a relationship with somebody – Saying they and live then, in, in Europe. Well, it's still – it's a couple hours at least. That's, that's not nothing. But if the relationship has started more locally – and you have a good foundation, and somebody gets a job somewhere else or has to move, then maybe you can give it a little bit of a go. I I, I think that's a part of it, but the, yeah, I, I don't know. That distance is is a little bit of a challenge for me. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on this. I would not be this. great at that.
0: All right, so uh, next, Target has the best shopping carts. Travis this is factor cat.
1: No, I, I I I'll be honest right here. The, the answer could be fact, but when I think great shopping carts my immediate response is to Costco, because you can fit like a small family into your cart at Costco. They're so big that it's like a shopping cart and a half or two and a half shopping carts. Uh, I know that target does Target have the, the basket part is all plastic, right? Yes, is it's what red. It
0: is? But I think that it's just the wheels run so smoothly. They have <laughs> they have little uh, cup holders for your coffee, your hot coffee. They have a little space for your wallet if you don't have a purse with you. <laughs> Honestly, I can rave about these Target you're, shopping carts forever, so it's fact for me, but you're selling me on it. That's not bad, but I also like
1: sleeves. She doesn't even need anything Costco. from
2: Target. She just has the cart going <laughs> <laughs> up and down. I go to
0: the Starbucks and then I come out. I don't need there to put go. anything in the,
1: in the thing. but the, the dolly, the flat dolly at Costco is hard to beat too because you can put you can literally put hundreds and hundreds of pounds on that thing and wa- drive it around like you're Mario Andretti. It's pretty fun.
2: I go cap on that one, not because of the huge Costco um, carts. Trader Joe's, if I'm right, and I think Sprouts do this as well, they've got different sizes, right? Like you don't need the big cart, so you get the smaller so cart. Does Target,
0: I hate
2: Target a small has them too. Cart.
0: Yeah, Target has small carts, but not everywhere.
2: Okay, because, Trav, I, I you might, you're might, you shopping for a family of five, so it's completely different, right? I don't uh-huh. need this huge cart that has a rotisserie chicken, has some Windex, and maybe some paper towels on top of that with some fruit. Yeah. So I think the options here on put, the sizes. Costco, it's put, like once, you, once you're committed to Costco, Costco gets you on this. You grab you got- one of their carts – you you're got a good chance. You're going to get close to filling it up.
1: <laughs> it's very true. You're not wrong about that. But see, here's why I can't do the little cart at the local grocery store. And I know, I you're feel a big man. like it feels very effeminate to walk around with that thing. It, it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. I feel like a grizzly I bear. just insecure in
0: masculinity. A,
1: a baby stroller. It feels weird. It just doesn't feel right. Even you ever done have, this? There you go. That's the one. So if I'm getting the windex the paper towels and the rotisserie chicken I'm just getting one of those little baskets that I can get carry a basket with the too, all day that, long yeah, you know the what eventually I'm okay with that feels like little Red Riding hood but when I gotta push that big or that little one and I'm it just feels terrible I hate it
2: well didn't you say that sometimes when you're taking the cart back to I'll when you're outside it. you ride the cart right yeah. you're definitely not riding the one at Trader Joe's and you're definitely not riding the one at, at uh, I, you, you just it, it's scientifically not possible to ride those.
1: When we go to Costco, I lay down on the flat dolly and have Susan 100%. push me around, like I'm sunbathing. Just 100%. lay, just lay there in the middle of it and enjoy every last minute. Just
0: saying, guys, next time you go to Target, just appreciate how amazing these carts are, and I think you know, might change your opinion on us.
1: It's funny now that you said that. I have that, to look into it. You're right. I do remember them being. They, they don't have the one that the wheel that spins around. Right. They don't. They don't vibrate. When you when you the push vibes. them along the thing, Target has it's immaculate
0: a, vibes. It's not vibe. not, All right, not bad. last one, and we can also talk about this on the other side too, if we uh, if we want to. But replays should be decided in sixty seconds. This comes off of on Friday night uh, with the game against the Clippers. Yep. they what was it nineteen minutes for the last yep. twenty five seconds of the game. I got in my car, drove Same. twenty minutes, and it was still had not gone on. So replays should be decided in sixty seconds. Uh, Travis this is factor cap.
1: A uh, fact, I, I, the replay has gone to a place that makes no sense to me. The, the idea of instant replay was to correct egregious errors in officiating, right, where it was so obvious that X happened, but Y was the call, let's go back and fix this. This was not meant to go frame by frame in high definition, millisecond by millisecond to determine if that ball nicked a player's fingernail. That's not what this was for. It's to fix egregious mistakes and if you can't fix it in 60
2: seconds, then you don't know what happened. go with the call in the court. So I, I it's funny because what happened on Friday, I've never heard Coach Vogel so upset post game, and it was on a replay call. It was literally just specifically on the replay call. I don't have a problem with the replays. I don't have a problem. each coach has an opportunity for a challenge. I don't have an issue with that. Why do you take so long? Just make a decision. It's okay. You know, too many times the referees, if they make a decision on the floor or on the field or something like that, they get stubborn and they don't want to admit that they were wrong. It's like, just, it's okay. I think a 60 seconds, a, a minute and a half, I don't care how long it is, don't spend do. 19 minutes in the final 25 seconds to end a game. No, you it, want a running clock and it's two minutes? I, I, I'm fine with that. That's all good. But just make a decision to move on. The world's not going to end. If you can't tell what the
1: right call is in 30 seconds, then you don't need to overturn it. Go with the call on the, on the thing. If you can't tell right away that it was obviously the other thing, then keep it moving and keep playing. It's completely unnecessary. I, I like that one. That is a very, very good one. All right, so Lakers get blown out last night. Lakers are going the wrong direction. What does LeBron James won out of the last few games of this season and his last few seasons along the way? And can the Lakers give it to him? That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Bless you, Slee. Thank you. Counterpoint, Emily, from Matthew Pelosi, who says, Target carts are the worst. You can't ride them. They don't have the bottom bar for your feet. So I, okay, I didn't that's know that. That's a positive
0: for me. I don't need to be riding my cart around. I think that it's fine. <laughs> yeah, but
1: Why it's do you kind want to of ride like carts? A whimsical moment. You kind of ride it I don't like I want to crack my head on the pavement. Razor scooter. I don't know. Slee, are you a, would, would that be a deal breaker for you? You can't ride the Target cart with the bar?
2: I don't think I've, you know, since uh, I think maybe past age 16, I probably stopped riding them, but <laughs> I know there's a market for. Yeah. Men out there who sure. like to ride the cart. So I, I I get where they're coming from.
1: ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support vets with the annual Keys to Progress Vehicle Giveaway Program. Now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping vets in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. So you are asking the question, how do you how do the Lakers approach these last uh 22, 22 games, games. yeah and, and i i don't know i think i think you're going to get a lot about like what you saw last night maybe not quite that bad but that they even have that in them i think speaks to their state of mind that they're just going to kind of go through the motions They'll they'll go to the playing game because the teams that are below them are actually worse than they are, You have to be really lot.
2: bad not to yeah. be in the playing tournament that's terrible. why they will
1: yeah terrible i mean look if the lakers are what are they six games under 500
2: Six games, uh, and there's still somebody below them in the playing term.
1: That's what I mean. There's six games under 500 and they have a four-game cushion. That's how bad you have to be to fall out of the back end. But I do think that probably the most likely scenario is they either lose the first playing game or they lose the second one if they're in that second draw where you have to win two, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think that they get out of it, not the way that they're playing. So, whatever. What happens after that? Because Le- LeBron James basically has three things left that he wants to – accomplish in his basketball career right he wants to play with his son Mm -hmm. which I get he wants to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points scored in the history of the league which obviously is a big big deal check check
2: I think both of those will be accomplished
1: and he wants to win more he wants to win Mm -hmm. more championships he you know he's got uh what does he have four right now and he wants to get however many more he can get now here's the rub the brawny thing is probably going to be limited to a handful of places. I don't think that that could be done anywhere. I think you're going to have to have a very specific setup to do that. The points he can do anywhere, right? Just real on quick, on,
2: on, on the brawny thing, I think that's going to also come at a stage of his career where it's like, all right, I'm done. I think I've accomplished all those. Um, if he goes at the pace he's going at now, he'll probably pass Kareem next season. Mm-hmm. The championship portion of it, I don't think probably is not no longer a top priority anymore. It's wanting to play with his son. So you're saying in two years from now, he'll have accomplished some of that stuff. Priorities will have changed by the time he's playing with Bronny.
1: But, but so, and the last one is win championships. Mm-hmm. Of those three things, the only thing he can still do in a Laker uniform at this point is points. Right, to go past Kareem next season. The, the Lakers this season aren't winning a championship. Barring something extraordinary, I don't think that they can retool this thing on the fly in one off season to get back to championship-level basketball. And then the Brawny thing, I don't think that the Lakers would probably have a ton of interest in, in doing something like that. So if I'm LeBron and I want to do these three things, why am I not looking somewhere else?
2: So th- this is what you got to ask yourself. Let- let's you and I pretend the season just ended Lakers lost in the plane tournament. Or they got out of the plane tournament, they lost in the first round. Okay. Okay. So that's probably most likely one of those two scenarios. Now you come into the offseason. You have how many different players that are on one-year contracts, right? So those are all expiring contracts. They're pretty much all gone. Maybe Malik Monk can go get some money somewhere else. Maybe... You know, all those players, the Carmelo project, the Dwight, all that, I think people start saying, let me go try something else. Maybe I get a contract somewhere else. You have the Russell Westbrook piece. What can they get for Russell Westbrook? That's going to be that's going to be the most important question in the offseason. I don't mean
1: to be like flip and dismiss, but virtually nothing, right? I mean, his value is almost nothing at
2: this point. I'll, I'll tell you his value. His value would be... At best, his value would be, Can would an organization say, look, Russ has been an MVP in this league. When he's by himself, as in he's the head of the snake, we're not going to be good. Nobody's saying that they're, that team's going to go make a run. But he could be a ticket seller. He can bring some attention. That's he's at so best. I, I don't know. It, it, here, here's the thing. He I was that. He, he, he was that. Oh, for at, sure. By the time this season ends – you're right that that could probably that ship could have sailed. Now,
1: he, he's going to be on his fifth team in five years next year. That mm-hmm. that is that is I mean that is you talk about end of the line, no end. I mean I'm not coming to see that. Okay, so what do you
2: think? What what do you think is the the NBA has proven year after year you can trade contracts. Yep. it could happen. That that's it's uh, especially an expiring contract. So the question then you're going to ask yourself is LeBron, Anthony Davis. And whatever you get back for Russell Westbrook, is that enough to compete for a championship? Because what other scenario plays out this offseason that if they continue this all-in strategy, what changes from that? And if, if the answer is no, I don't think any scenario is going to play out where you're going to hang out with the Warriors, the Suns, the up and coming denver nuggets that are only going to get more healthy the up and coming memphis grizzlies the clippers that will eventually get healthy dallas it's, ever figures it out it's not like the west is it's not like there's a opening that's here
1: just exactly get right. out of this season that's exactly right and and that's why i don't know if you're if it's not in everybody's best interest to say hey let's figure something out This is better for you to go somewhere else. This is better for us to go somewhere else. This is better for everybody involved. And not that anybody did anything wrong. We tried it. It didn't work. We don't have a ton of moves because, to your point, Al, there's not a bunch of trades or acquisitions that you're going to make next year that's going to put you in a totally different spot to where you are right now. You're not getting a player as good as Alex Caruso coming back. You're not getting one of those guys that's going to be available to you. You're going to have something kind of similar to what you have right now. Maybe it's a little better. Maybe the pieces fit together slightly better, but this team is not a tweak away from being good. They're they're a ninth place team.
2: Well, they're the, they're a
1: bad team. They're, there's a lot of work that needs to be done.
2: The biggest the biggest issue with this team, and you know something that we've obviously recognized all season long, and we mentioned this earlier. We had a caller call in, and dude was a Clippers fan. He was kind of talking about his team versus the Laker team. You don't have to obviously have the sports has proven it doesn't have to just be talent. Got to have the right mix, right? The ingredients have to fit together. And if they fit together, they're good enough, then the food might taste pretty good. Right now, the Lakers have all these ingredients, and no matter what you throw out there, it still doesn't taste good. It still doesn't look good. So I, I, the offseason is going to be a challenge for the Lakers. I know we still got 22 games left to go, but looking ahead and looking at the offseason, I think it's interesting the way you framed it. What does LeBron want to do? Yep. What What is – if if you're LeBron James and those are your three priorities the rest of your NBA playing career, I want to play with my son at some point, I want to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most points of all time, and I still want to compete for a championship. Yep. If those are your priorities, what do you think you could accomplish with the Lakers, and you can't at age 37 kick that can down the road very much longer to still compete for a chip.
1: All right, so what do you do? 877 espn That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee. 710 ESPN and it is game day you're ready to go all out you've ordered the essentials to make it a success you've got your jersey you've got the big power recliner and you've got your big screen and you used your bank of america customized cash rewards credit card choosing to earn three percent cash back on online shopping rewards that you put toward an essential piece of the celebration An air horn. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2022, Bank of America Corporation.